Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We are now uh, starting our 18th year, and Kathy... You know, I had to go back and actually count the years because I knew it was more than 16 or 17. So this is the 18th year um, that we are doing leadership development news. And now there's a lot of rankings and stuff on podcasts because there's so many podcasts. And on the podcast feed spot, we are the number one ranking leadership development uh, podcast. And it's really based on expertise, credibility, contact quality. So we're really glad that we have that. I think it's our consistency and some of the uh, information that both Dr. Kathy Greenberg and I can bring, but also just the guests that we have and always looking for tips and tools and things that will help you be your best. And how can you or the people that you lead, if you're a leader, be in the top 10%? And Kathy, welcome. One of the things that I just want to bring to bear here is how excited I am about this ranking. And, um, yeah. yeah, as you know, Relly, I've been working very hard this past year to become a top voice on LinkedIn, which we, we achieved and uh, in the emotional intelligence area. And now I'm going for a leadership badge. So that number one ranking and leadership podcast going into our 18th year, what an anniversary present. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's pretty. It was pretty surprising. I think just our, like I said, our consistency and everything else that we have. Um, so as we are kind of moving forward, the other thing is, uh, that we'll hear from our guest today, uh, Tiffany Hauser, we're going to be talking about self worth for leaders looking to leave their imposter feelings behind for good. And so um, I'm really interested in hearing more about that. It is, and it always has been uh, a kind of a buzzword, the imposter syndrome, but it just seems like it's getting so much more focus. And so we'll dive a little deeper on that and just some things in, in general. Um, what are some of the tips and tools to be in the top 10%? And to be a top 10% performer, many people now are doing reviews, and so we have a little data on performance reviews, and I think one of the things, Kathy, that's uh, the most fascinating for me and some of the data is that the review typically uh, as much as 62% is more about the reviewer than the person being reviewed because of bias and and other things, And, and so seeing that data and I'm sure you're kind of doing this, and I am too in my uh, coaching, really helping people um, give good reviews, but also more frequent um, conversations so it's not only at review time. Definitely. Hey, and, you, you know, we, we, yeah, I was just going to say that we know from, uh, you know, at at, uh, at Magnus Works where we're working um, with uh, law enforcement leaders that uh, – they are not getting useful feedback. And so using a pulsing system Mm. once a week gives them a really good example of the kind of conversations Mm. that are needed. And it's very difficult for us right now uh, because 66% of employees are really dissatisfied uh, with their reviews and 95% of managers are dissatisfied. So, you know, I'm really excited today to talk about what we do and, you know, what Tiffany does because I know somewhere in this show today we're going to reveal some of the reasons why these data exist. And and I, I you know, I can't wait to hear more. So, really, do you, um, yeah. you want to say anything else about performance reviews or you want me to bring Tiffany on? Yeah, yeah, let's just bring Tiffany on, and we can kind of interject as as needed. Super. Well, Tiffany Hauser is passionate about people and transformation, 
And as an executive and leadership coach and entrepreneur, she knows firsthand about the roller coaster ride of self-worth. I know I do. (laughs) And as the founder of Evolve, Tiffany coaches senior leaders who are ready to experience powerful breakthroughs around their self-worth, authentic leadership, style, their vision and purpose. Collaborating closely with key people, leaders, and companies, Tiffany designs and delivers transformative team experiences and captivating speaking engagements. Her vision is to create leaders at all levels and companies who are compassionate, responsible, inclusive, and empowered. And she believes this happens team by team, starting with the leaders. Her one-on-one coaching clients uh, work with Tiffany to uncover hidden struggles that compromise their self-worth. And as we all know, often these lurk in their blind spots, which also lead to every leader feeling like an imposter. We are so excited to have Tiffany with us today. She's going to talk to us about Evolve and the creator of her program, Self-Worth Advantage. And we're so excited to have her on the show today. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, And congratulations to you both on the show and your work. Yeah, well, thank you. I, we were both pretty surprised by that, but I think, you know, sticking with it and kind of, you know, focusing on trying to get people to be the best they can always helps. So we want to hear about you. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and you know, some of your major influences. Yeah, uh, I always love this question uh, because it's like a, a journey down memory lane. Um, you know, this this company that we have now and the self-worth advantage that uh, we launched last year came from our clients. It wasn't anything we thought, let's build something, let's create something. Even this company Mm -hmm. in and of itself, it's a result of Evolve is a result of my private practice, my private coaching practice, where my clients just started bringing me in to support their team and their organizations. And with the self-worth advantage, uh, that body of work we just developed last year, again, as a result of our clients uh, who, you know, in 2023, this was the first time we had clients at the senior level, and we also coach founders, uh, say to us explicitly, I feel like an imposter. And now Mm. that... That statement was new to us, even though we knew over the course of our work, this is how people were feeling, yet people still feel the taboo and it's not really talked about unless, you know, unless it's in some private conversation. Um, and really, when you were saying, you know, you're interested about the imposter feeling, it, yes, it is becoming more focused because in our research, we started to see because of, you know, what we were experiencing over um, over the course of the pandemic, being with ourselves and being in a new environment, a lot of change happening, specifically 2020 and 2021, uh, a lot of these feelings emerged inside of leaders because a lot of leaders were starting new companies or starting new projects or, you know, the organization was going through a lot of change, which meant I get to show up in a new and different way. And so, yeah, that's that's a bit about uh, the background hmm. of what brings me here today. Um, and as I was sharing earlier, <laughs> uh, as a new uh, resident in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, we are completely just enjoying the community of talent development uh, and tech leaders here down in this area as well. So, Tiffany, as you're uh, talking about this self-worth advantage. Tell us a little bit about what what does self-worth have to do with leadership uh, or leading others? Yeah, it's a great question. And that's exactly where we put our, uh, you know, detective hats on. And really what we found is self-worth is the, the solution. It's the antidote, if you will, to feeling like an imposter, feeling these uh, emotions and experiences of change. And, you know, they always say no one likes change, (laughs) yet 
our lives right. and specifically in our careers, that's all it is, is change. You know, who we were uh, a year ago, 10 years ago is not who we are now, nor will it be who we are next year or 10 years from now. So as human beings and as leaders, we are constantly experiencing change, change in the market, change in our people, change in our product, change in our service, whatever that is. And so when we found what is the the solution to this, what is the antidote? And otherwise, what is the target? What are we aiming for? And in our research, Mm -hmm. we found that that is self-worth and really Mm -hmm. understanding that our worth and our value has nothing to do with our results, our feedback, our, you know, how we feel or, you know, the mistakes or failures that we experience, that that worth in and of itself is in, excuse me, it's inherent. No one can take that away from us and no one can give it to us, uh, you know, just by the word itself, self-worth. And so what we saw what was happening with leaders is in the face of change that that's where the imposter feelings started to come up because they started to identify with the change or with the unknown or in certain cases with the failure, with the mistakes, with the, you know, should I take a risk? Should I not take a risk? Where, where are we going? What, what does this mean? And really we saw, you know, within the private coaching, within, you know, when we coach people on the executive and senior level, how they were either not trusting themselves or afraid of whether, you know, in a fear-based state of wondering, do people trust me? Does my team trust me? Does my organization trust me? Do our clients and customers still trust us? Or will they trust us if we change the product or the price or what have you? So, so Tiffany, it is interesting what you're saying, you know, around self-worth, and it's a little bit of a new transition on the word self-esteem, which was huge, you know, a few mm-hmm. years ago. And kind of mm-hmm. how do you how do you how do you estimate esteem? How do you estimate yourself? And so, it, at least what I'm hearing you saying, it's it is, and probably always has been. It's more internal on how you're feeling about yourself. How do you estimate yourself? What's your worth? And versus external, and mm-hmm. uh, so we want to, you know, hear a little bit about, um, you know, where those feelings come from. But you, as you talked, you just uh, triggered a thought that I had, you know, earlier in my in my career. I think I was like 24, and it was I finished this master's program and I was going to work on a project, and I had no idea what was how to do any anything and as far as that and I was way nervous and I saw and I saw my advisor and this is like for me is one of the self-worth defining moments uh and I said mm-hmm. oh you know I, I'm trying to figure out how to do this and and this and this and this you know giving me all my anxiety and venting and he said give me your hand and I, I gave him my hand and he he put his hand on top and he gave me a stamp and he said you know whatever whatever you don't know you're going to be able to figure it out. And then he turned around and walked away. <laughs> and so it was that kind of stamp of self of, of approval from him that I basically have always been trying now to continue to internalize that. It's not the easiest, but it is that sense of, yeah. of really understanding that. So say a little bit about from your, your sense of where does this imposter feeling come from? Yeah. And bravo to that advisor. What a what a wonderful moment. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the the feelings they come from usually, and you know we all are walking on a different path, but usually they come from our childhood. So usually when you're a child, you know you're free, you're open, you you have all the things we wish we had now as adults. We had no judgment. We did not fear any risk-taking. We were creative. We were adventurous, explorative, all that. Uh, And then something happened. And usually it's, you know, something from a parent or a teacher or coach, uh, athletic coach, something like that, um, where we were told to not whatever was happening. So one of the examples I like to use is, you know, Children, when they're out in public, uh, sometimes, you know, we get loud they, or they get loud. 
and they're told to be quiet. And Mm. that is a little confusing for a child when they're just expressing themselves. And so time and time again, they are told to be quiet. And maybe if they're not quiet too many times in a row, they start to get punished. And so we see that, and we see that mostly with our our female clients, uh, women in senior roles, where, you know, one of the things they struggle with is visibility and owning the space, owning, using their voice and commanding a room. Uh, And some people might even call that executive presence. And we have a whole aspect of our work that deconstructs and transforms the whole executive presence piece, because that, too, can compromise uh, someone's self-worth. And so we carry these messages from our childhood, be quiet, be polite, don't don't talk unless spoken to, you know, in school, raise your hand if you have something to say. And so these messages as a child or as a young adult Stay with us. And then when we join a team and we have a great idea, we may not speak or add it or contribute mm-hmm. that idea because it's not our meeting. This is, you know, his meeting or this is the senior vice president's meeting. It's not my meeting. Or even our clients who are the senior leaders, when they started new companies over these past three years, they themselves, as the senior leader of the team, wouldn't say anything because they still felt as if they weren't being accepted or belonged or that they belonged. So they would hold back again. And through the coaching, we found it was still these stories of being polite or, you know, it's not my meeting. I don't, I don't know enough yet. I haven't become a trusted advisor or leader yet. And these are all made up things. This, they don't have actuals on any of this data that they are collecting. These are assumptions and these are all pulled from their past. And so we start to see that that's where a lot of this uh, imposter feeling comes from. And it depends if the leader has a condition or a need to be right or they, they need to be successful, or they don't want to be wrong. Tiffany, we're going to take a quick break, so hold that thought. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech. Like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Tiffany Hauser, and we're talking about the imposter syndrome. You want to get some more information about Tiffany and, and what she does. Her website is evolveeq.com, E-V-O-L-V-E-Q.com, and you can see a lot more about her program and stuff. So before the, we went to the break, we were talking about uh, senior leaders and, and um, how they can compromise their self-worth, and you were talking about women in leadership and um so maybe, uh, Tiffany, we can hear a little bit about the insecurity to confidence, you know, that how you deal with that. But also I'd love to hear, Kat, your experience because you've got a wealth of experience. And maybe after we hear from Tiffany just about uh, women in leadership and how to help in regards to insecurity to more confidence. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. One of the first and easiest tools that we offer uh, anyone, whether we're working with them one-on-one or in a team environment, is their, to look at their words and their language. So, mm-hmm. you know, we ended the, the last segment talking about, you know, right and wrong. Uh, and that's one of the pieces we look at besides the word hard. <laughs> we look at first uh, to see what, what you're making up about the words and the language that you use and to notice how they impact you. Uh, because we know uh, that the the wor- the language that we are speaking is a reflection of our belief system, and it generates the results that we either have or we don't have. And one of my mentors, Judith Rich, uh, she refers to language as the technology of transformation. So what she means by that is notice the words that you're using and are they speaking into what it is that you do want to create rather than speaking into what you don't want to create and uh, generating more of what you don't want. And so we take a look at, uh, in our program, uh, the online course and um, the framework we developed, one of the first words we look at is hard. Um, and we did that intentionally because when we meet a leader or, you know, when we have a stakeholder conversation within an organization, we hear that word so often. It's hard to change people. It's hard to teach people. It's hard to do this. It's hard to do that or that's hard. Um, and we start to notice, well, what do you really mean by hard? You know, let's get specific on that. And when we start to unpack that for people, then they start to see, wow, I see how I've been, whether it's compromising their self-worth or doubting themselves or just avoiding things, which is another form of insecurities, um, and noticing what is it that you really do mean instead. So if we, we're not going to negate the word hard and say something is easy because that's inaccurate. So looking at what else could you use instead of the word hard to describe what you're, to specifically Mm -hmm. describe what you're experiencing to support you moving through the experience or the conversation or the project with ease or in your critical thinking, in your growth mindset, instead of thinking or saying it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, because it, in fact, it will be hard. It will feel hard. So one of the biggest tools and simplest tools is to transform your insecurity into confidence is just notice your language and are you using language and words that empower you, support you, and generate what it is you're looking to experience. So, so Tiffany, give me um, just some data, if you will, on... Um, the types of women, the ages of women, the education of women that are struggling with this insecurity to confidence from your, just from your experience. Yeah, it's it's all women. (laughs) It's, 
it's all women we've come across, every single one. And we coach men as well. They experience the same thing, yet they have different language behind it. Yet, I believe the number is 40% of all women in this country that are in a senior role have uh, not put themselves in for a promotion or pay raise knowing they deserve it. So there, we call that a waiting pattern. So these women, 40% of senior leaders, not they want to become a leader, but in the current senior leader role, which, um, uh, what's the report? I'm going to, I'm going to have to share the, the actual report with your, uh, listeners afterwards. Mm. Um, but it was director level or higher. And so, you know, given, I would say that's probably women 35 or higher, um, even though, you know, there's a lot of startups with younger uh, senior leaders out there. Um, But it it was really shocking to see 40% of senior leaders are not putting themselves up for the promotion or raise that they know inside they deserve because of the fear of rejection because they they are more afraid of getting turned down than putting their name in the hat or requesting it. Yeah, and, well, and really, I... I'm, uh, I'm interested in hearing you, Kat. Yeah, what your experience yeah, so, with that. And, and all I, I was trying to get at was, you know, just some framework, you know, for the, the experience. And wh- what I can tell you is, and again, this is, you know, my experience right now, uh, which is with a, a different industry group, um, what we're seeing across law enforcement, public safety, uh, the Department of Defense, where women still struggle, as do women in the civilian side of the world, uh, what we're seeing is, I'm not so sure it's a confidence issue or a insecurity issue, uh, it is a tenure issue. And so when, when we talk about the ROI of self-worth, what we're talking about here is, for example, there's programs all over the nation right now that are really catering to bringing women into law enforcement because they have more of the quote-unquote relationship and empathy skills required for the future of public safety. And so to me, the ROI of self-worth means the cost of somebody going through the academy, which could be up to, you know, $300,000 to get somebody through the other side of that, that equation. Hmm. And then there is a, they, they breathe this politeness and quietness out of women. Uh, so that they can use the skills that they need on their strength side to do the kind of work they have to do tactically to uh, enforce the law. But it's it's interesting that we want more of that kind of individual with those kind of relationship and empathy values in these roles. So you know, I, you know, I can I can say my, in my own experience being a senior leader, multiple. Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies that I was told many times as I was coming up in leadership, you know, hey, Kathy, dummy it down just a little bit. Um, and, you know, mm. I would laugh and say, keep up or get out. But, you know, <laughs> I, I happen to have position to be able to say mm-hmm. that. But I can see where that insecurity to confidence yeah. With words, language are going to be much more of an identifier for women in the civilian world. Um, it, the training is a little bit different in the world where I work, but I certainly get the the parable. Yeah. So yeah. So Tiffany, along those lines, Kathy's been using the ROI, and it sounds like one of your questions. I, I'm curious: Is the ROI? I think anytime we can speak in data, and and then let alone numbers, let alone dollars is really huge. So have you found some things about that? Yeah. And we work on that uh, with the individuals on the team uh, for them to generate their own ROI. Excuse me, ROI. 
So we are also a team of strategists that go in and support them on what are the talent and leadership development goals? What are you investing in each person on a team or in each leader if we're working with stakeholders? And then in that, we support them with mapping the investment back to the results. Because what we found is a lot of these, the stakeholders within a company, they aren't mapping specific hmm. qualities or uh, capabilities or, you know, because soft skills challenging to measure unless you right. take on the challenge and go for it. And so one of the biggest ROIs we've seen is the development of the relationships on the team. And so one thing we see with leaders is they don't necessarily have a relationship with each person on their team. They have a relationship with the collective, the team itself, yet they don't, they haven't really unpacked and uh, focused on the relationship with Jeff, with Jane, with Michael, with Lisa, and so on and so forth. And when they take that time and invest that time into each relationship, the, the return always goes up, always goes up on not only just what the individual is contributing, but with, with the um, results of the team, whether it's, you know, customer related or project related, depending what the company or team itself is working on. And do you I'm have really a number? Like, how, do, how do they do that? I was just trying to get a number on that cat. How do you how do you how do you evaluate that? We have a, a a whole set of questions that we take people through, and then we we crunch the numbers with them. Well, I shouldn't say we crunch that we if they invite us in, to, but we support them with the framework on how to uh, go through the numbers and map it back to each individual, and then the collective as a team. And so it's, maybe, it's, yeah, I was just going to say maybe I'm instead sorry. of the hypothetical, maybe just give us a case study. Sure. Yeah. So we worked with a, a Fortune 100 last year. Uh, the leader was new to the company, a C-level. And when we were brought in, uh, the team actually itself was new. So it was nine new people. And eight of the people were not new to the organization. Um, actually, seven of the people were not new to the organization. Yet these nine people had never collaborated before. And so what we did with the leader and with the stakeholder is we supported them with what is the investment they want to make in this team over the year. And not only what the investment is dollar-wise, but what, what time, what resources are we going to uh, allocate and then with that, what do we, what is our vision or our goal in return? So knowing, you know, for example, they wanted to invest uh, 10000 in each person on the team. And so with a $10,000 investment, what is the return? Because we know that's not just going to be a financial dollar amount return. It's also going to be the quality of the culture, the quality of people's mental well-being, and the quality of the work that they are actually delivering, because this was a team that didn't deal with product, so they didn't have a, a dollar amount. Uh, they were on the uh, HR team. So their products were the people of the organization, and the organization has, gosh, like 57,000 people in it. And so we supported them with each KPI, and then we mapped that back, and then we supported them with, also, we did the training and development program with them. So it wasn't just a matter of being the strategist. We actually designed and delivered part of the program with them. And we're still tracking that with them because we started the program in April. So we're not quite at the one-year mark yet. And already uh, three people have been promoted and not promoted mm -hmm. just to be promoted, but their work, they grew their business unit to a point where they needed uh, more human capital on their team, their uh, their individual team. So th this is a very large team, um, but we're just talking about the nine at the top of this team. And so it this team and this team, 
<laughs> they're being recognized globally by the organization as well. Um, and of course, they had some rough patches along the way. But we always say, if you're not getting the result, you're getting the lesson. And they learned a lot of lessons because what was going on was about six of them were very confident individuals. And when you bring a lot of confident individuals who are very assured of themselves, they use their voice, they speak up all the time, it, there was jockeying that was going on in the beginning, and that was one of the reasons why we were brought in. So people were jockeying and not speaking up or adding to the work based off of contribution. They were just speaking to be heard, just to have their voice be heard. And so we saw that, and we started uh, supporting them with mitigating that. And that's where they started to learn how they can leverage each other, how each person is a, you know, a contributor, even though we have these senior, very high level senior leadership titles, but we are also the contributor. We And that was one of the biggest breakthroughs this team had as well, which was receiving support. Because when you have very confident people, and especially when you're jockeying, no one needs support. I don't need it. I could do it all myself. I'm going to show you what I can produce. And so we, you know, that was in a couple of blind spots. And so now this unit is, like I said, three of them are promoted. There's, my gosh, 24 new people on the team. And the team, you know, we won't have the annual uh number until the end of June because the program itself ends in April, but everyone is, you know, on track to create exactly what they said they wanted to create in the beginning of this program. Cause it's not just about the leader and the stakeholders, every, each nine of each of the nine get to say what it is I'm going to cause oh, and create and there. what kind of support I might need along the way. Yeah. Tiffany, we're going we're gonna to go to a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Icy Tech. Like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. IC Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. IC Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership We are uh, talking with Tiffany Hauser from Evolve EQ. Uh, it's her website, E-V-O-L-V-E-E-Q.com. And so just uh, before we leave the ROI uh, topic, given, you know, I think for any leaders and, and for us as coaches to promote the coaching that we do, you mentioned uh, promotion as one of the variables that you were able to get a measure for. Is there other kind of key variables that you measure before we get into the next, yeah. next topic? Yeah, the, the big ones are implementing and executing the strategies. So this is something that gets in a lot of leaders' way, and that's why I guess 13% or less actually execute their strategy. The other one is honesty, and specifically when it comes to feedback on both sides, being able to give and receive honest, neutral, direct feedback and the other one is the team culture. So not just the organization's culture, it's we, because our work, we focus team by team. So what is the culture of the team? And are we, not only do we know our values, are we living them and are we connected and collaborating as a team as well? And you said, what was the percent that actually execute this strategy? 13. It's less oh, than, it's okay. less than that, yeah. And that's a yeah. whole other body of work. If you, I forget what it's called, but it, you could look up 13%. Yeah. I think it's called the 13%, something like that. That's great. So let's jump into some of the barriers uh, to, to getting to these um, overall ROIs of self-worth. It, things like self-righteousness, uh, cynicism. Mm skepticism, uh, and, um, you know, one of my favorites from both of my books, What Happy Women Know, What Happy Working Mothers Know, that perfectionism game. Mm. Uh, these things cause breakdowns uh, in the team, uh, in relationships with uh, individuals, and, of course, um, create a lot of, of energy that gets in the way mm. uh, of really good uh, team, uh, I want to say deliverables and, and goals. Talk a little bit about how those behaviors get in the way. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I love how you shared about perfection because that's my, the number one thing I do to myself, <laughs> which leads to a lot of procrastination. And so... The, the, the term we use, because we do, our work is based in neuroscience, and we use the, the term ego. And so these behaviors, which are choices, they're coming from our ego, which is where we, it's located in our brainstem, which is that first formative part of our brain. And so these are, these are what we do. These are the choices we make to protect ourselves, because, again, but as they say, no one likes change. And it's not that no one likes change. It's just we, we don't know what it is. And so our ego is designed to protect us and keep us in that comfort zone. And so the, the most typical way we overprotect ourselves is with skepticism. I don't know. I don't know enough that that's not credible or oh, we've been doing it this way the whole time. Why would we change? And then when someone gets deep into their cynicism, it flips to, excuse me, when someone gets deep into their skepticism, it flips into cynicism. And then that is the breeding ground for the self-righteousness, which we also call as the expert mindset. Well, I'm an expert. I know. I know better than. And so they resist change when we're in our self-righteousness and when we're in our expert mindset. And really what that, all that means is we are not creating, <clears throat> excuse me, we're not creating relationship in that moment because it goes back mm-hmm. to the I'm right, you're wrong piece. And so these, this, this is what we call the toxic imposter feelings. Like when we, we know it's very clear when someone's in their toxic imposter feelings, this is what is happening. 
the the cynicism, the skepticism, the righteousness, the um, the whole experience of the expert mindset. Now, the common imposter feelings, that's where perfectionism comes in. We tend to overwork ourselves. We get into busy, busy, busy mode. We might even compare ourselves or people please to, uh, you know, create the space that I am worthy because of I turned in the best work ever. And so there's, there's like a split there what happens, whether someone's in their mm-hmm. common imposter feelings or in their toxic imposter feelings. Um, and that's kind of, that's sort of what happens when we fall into those areas. So Tiffany, a couple of things in that. It's great that you're highlighting that, you know, the common or the, the normal. And I think when we go back to kind of reviews, you know, one of the key things in a review, a best practice in a review that would lead to this is how do you review where you came from to where you are now? And I think that comparison that kind of leads, you know, anytime we compare ourselves to someone, I like to say it's a poison because most likely we're always going to feel less than. So it's like, why am I comparing mm. myself to anybody else? I'm going to feel less than. How do I compare myself to myself? It still can get into extreme perfection, but at least you take the comparison of others kind of off the plate. And now, you know, then it goes into perfection. One of the common things that I like to say to groups, and we heard this in one of our interviews, Kathy with Rudy uh, Tanzi, co-author with Deepak Chopra on on a bunch of books, stress is unmet expectations. And I think this perfection Mm. is we put stress on ourselves because we're not meeting our own expectation and and it's not even realistic. So maybe say a little (laughs) bit more, how how do you, yeah, how do you, how do you deal with that in in kind of the individuals who are just um, totally unrealistic about what they expect of themselves? Yeah. It's going back to what is your, your vision and your purpose. So when we start to experience people in their comparison we, we know clearly they are devaluing themselves. They just took themselves out the picture because it's all about mm. the other person or all about the getting the A or the approval, whatever is happening in the moment. And so when somebody is in that space, we get them back on track with them. So we just say, pretend that person doesn't exist. Pretend, you know, that project doesn't exist. What, what do you want? What, what's your goal? What's your vision here? You know, if you could wave a magic wand, what would happen? And then we start to support them in connecting that to, is this a common imposter thing or a toxic? Cause it's, you know, we need to know how they're treating other people as well, because the toxic imposter feelings are clearly <clears throat> uh, the person's in a space where they're projecting out their insecurities onto other people. So we want to make sure they're not uh, compromising their position or their leadership legacy at the moment. And then we help them in reframing and associating their value and their worth back to themselves. So instead of comparing themselves to them to someone else, how about we shift that to what is the next version of you or what is the next level of your accomplishment, mm. your excess, and let's define that. Let's get clear on what that looks like for you. So even when we get asked the arbitrary question, where do we see ourselves a year, three years, five years from now, that's a great technique for staying grounded in our self-worth and, and knowing, you know, making sure also that that answer is honest and that it's also authentic. Because you can also, when someone is being inauthentic, we can also tell, okay, we are not in our self. We're not grounded in our self-worth in the moment. We are performing or we're looking for the external validation or we're trying to please the other person, whatever state we're in in the moment. So, Tiffany, in the, in the last few minutes we have together here, I just want to make sure that we have given everybody out the best way to reach you. Is that at Evolve EQ? Dot com. Yes, that that's our website. I'm also uh, on LinkedIn, Tiffany Hauser, and then we also have a website for the uh, for self worth advantage, which is simply selfworthadvantage.com. And you could also find me on Instagram if you're over there, Tiffany Hauser. 
And what's next up for you, Tiffany? What are, what are you all uh, thinking about here uh, in the new year? And uh, what, what is it we can expect from you in the, in the near future? Yeah, well, we are finishing the first online course uh, because we also learned this last year is when this, this topic of self-worth is so taboo and it's so nuanced that people want to explore the work privately first. And so we have an mm-hmm. online self-paced course that'll be coming out next month. And then we're also going to be holding, uh, hosting retreats and, uh, bigger gatherings of cohorts where if you don't want to work with your team because you're still holding a little insecurity around revealing this to your colleagues, you can come work on this with us, with other leaders across the country uh, in a in-person format as well. Outstanding. Outstanding. That sounds really good. Yeah. The last thing I I had when you have Evolve EQ, what's the EQ stand for? Because I always think of the emotional quotient. What is that? What it stands for? Or what's EQ? That's the exact. That's what it is, really. You hit it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Well, we're all we're all in the same boat of valuing emotional intelligence, and I think you know that's research and the work you do at Evolve EQ allows someone to be in the top ten percent. So, as as a listener, you want to continue to tune up and tune up your performance with leadership development news. So, thank you, Tiffany. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, everybody. Anything you guys want to say to sign off? Thank you both, and thank you to all the listeners today. All right. Well, thanks, Tiffany. Thanks, Kat. We'll see you uh, next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.